thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Amen. Jesus is King. I love it. Hey, it's uh, great to see all of you. That was so fun to have our kids in here with us. And I just want to thank all of you for uh, being here and especially you parents that continue to invest in your kids. Uh, we love you and we're so proud of you and uh, love going on the journey with you. If you're new to Radiant, uh, we're glad that you're here. Radiant, let's give everybody a hand that's here for the first time. Can we do that? Yeah. On your seat, uh, there's a connection card and it looks just like this. And if you wouldn't mind taking a few moments to fill that out and then drop that in the offering buckets that will come by at the end of service, uh, we would love to be in contact with you this week. And if you'd like to take a step in being more connected with us, we would love to take that step with you as well. So we'll send you an email and uh, help you uh, take a step uh, to get more connected. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go Matthew chapter one today. Um, here's where we're at. I, I, before we begin, I just want to um, encourage you guys. Uh, last week was, I, I felt like it was such a powerful week. Um, so just so you know, uh, as a church, towards our outreach projects, you gave $52,516.79. That's amazing. No, no, no. Let's, give, let's, let's just clap for that. Can you do that? A little bit more than that. Like, that's unreal. So we call that our difference makers, and we'll be having a difference makers report as we continue to do outreach for locally as well as nationally and globally are the three categories that we talked about. And I'm just elated. I think it says a lot about you. And I just want you to know it's, it's, it's three times what you've done in the past, which is amazing. And so um, praise God. I'm excited about what we get to do together. Uh, all right, if you have your Bibles, let's go Matthew chapter one. And here's, here's where we want to go today. Um, I got a dream. My dream is, is that you would have your best Christmas ever. That's the dream for this message today. I know it's lofty. I know it's high. But I want to go after this idea of God, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, this newborn king. And, and here's kind of the premise of the message. This is just it. I'm just going to give it to you in a nutshell. I'm just going to ruin it before it starts. Are you ready? But here's the idea. The idea is this. It's that if you'll have your closest year with Jesus, meaning if you'll draw near, if you'll go close to God, if in the midst of whatever, the chaos or the crisis or the pain or the fear or the agony or the hurt or the discomfort or the heartbreak in relationship or the financial loss, whatever circumstance you're in, if you will be as close to God, draw near to him, get in, lean in, spend time with him, walk closely with him, then no matter your circumstance, it will be the best Christmas you've ever had. So the circumstance won't define your Christmas. Your relationship with Jesus will define your Christmas day. That's what I'm dreaming. That's what I'm going after. And my hope is, is that as we gather on Christmas Eve, that it'll be a gateway into a moment where uh, this, this whole week, you'll get closer and closer. You'll make the choice to draw near. He's already drawn near to you. 
And we, even in that video, we have the, the names of Jesus, who he is. He has drawn near. He is, I mean, when we look at the incarnation, he's clawed his way into humanity being close. He is, though he was rich, yet for our sakes, he became poor, that we through his poverty, that we might become rich. He's drawing near to you. It's our privilege to draw near to him. So Matthew chapter one, famous phrase. And I loved that video because I love the names of Jesus. And in the video, it showed just this one, Emmanuel, God with us. That's a name, and I, and I want us to just imagine being close to God this year. So in the midst of all you got going, you're close to him. It says this, verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. That's why we chose the video, just like a battering ram. Bam, 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 that's who he is. Because he will save his people from their sins. He is our savior. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will give him the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the title today is Your Best Christmas Ever. Father, we love you today. Jesus, we ask, God, that you would help us to draw near. We thank you for Christ, the newborn king, Christ, Lord of all, and Jesus, just with holy reverence, we just create a moment of saying we want to be close. God with us. Come be present among us. Come be present in our homes. Even as our children led today, Lord, I pray that every home would be a place of your presence. Every heart a place of your presence. We love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, have you ever undervalued a friendship? Or had somebody that you hoped for a friendship with undervalue your friendship with them? I, um, I have. I, I remember in my 20s having uh, a guy that I wanted to be friends with, and I would pursue him and uh, wanted to be close. He's a Christian leader, and uh, he's about a decade older than I was. And, and, but, but in my 20s, I remember just kind of the rub, the pain of over time recognizing that though I'm in pursuit of being with him, he didn't reciprocate it that much. So this is not a bullying story from teenage years. This is like in your 20s, just disappointment. And then kind of dealing with that, dealing with that. I have a desire for a, let's call it a, a level eight friendship. And, and he's got me pegged at a level four friendship. And that's about as close as I'm going to get. I, I remember in uh, my early 30s having a guy that uh, wanted to be close to me. And, and I had just had four kids and this guy had a hot tub and he was kind of like, always wanting me to come over to his hot tub. And I just remember the moment where I just said, listen, I don't know how many times, you know, you might invite me to come hang out in the hot tub and watch sports. But right now I'm in a season where I just can't do that. And he had a little group of guys and, and I just remember the pain because he wanted a, 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 a friendship with me. It was just a little more than I had to give. And um, I was thinking about just this invitation that you and I have from God to be close to God. And at Christmas time, this phrase, Emmanuel, God with us. And we can read through the Old Testament over and over again, the glory, the excitement, the thrill, the delight, the, the circumstance changing, delight, passion, gratitude for every prophet or every leader that experienced God is with us. 
So they could be going through a difficult moment and the, the overwhelming just confidence, delight, the way that most talked about it was as a distinction, the presence of God. And I want us just to take a moment today and to look at just, I mean, I'm so grateful for every single moment that we've had with God in the past. And I'm thankful for, for the salvation moment for most of you in this room that's previously happened. And I want to go after Christmas of this year. What would it look like if, if Christmas of this year, you were actually really, really close to God? So yes, you have been saved by Christ. He is our savior. And we have been given this invitation to draw near to him. What would it look like if you were much with God now? When uh, I was in middle school, it was the time that the movie Home Alone came out. And, um, and I remember thinking it seemed kind of like a very strange storyline, like almost impossible, like who on earth would leave their child and fly away in an airplane. But now that I'm in my forties, it's very plausible. It makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Meaning, I just, I, I just think of the, the idea of uh, all that we have going. So the, the, the storyline of this, this couple that they had a house full of people and it's crazy and it's chaotic and you got to pay the pizza guy and there's just all the different, all, all the busyness. And, 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 and yet in the, in the movie, the whole idea is, is that, the, <laughs> that they left Kevin. And... Uh, I was just thinking about, you know, that's the absurdness of the movie. The, the, that's kind of the storyline is, well, there's a lot more than that, but that, that's part of it. And, but I was just thinking about, um, I, wonder, I wonder if you could look at your life and look at, uh, here we are and we've got all the beauty of the songs. We've got all the, the services, we've got the presence and it's all meant for the sake of glorification of the newborn king. It's, it's all about, it's about doing life with God and and just kind of the tragedy of having all of these festivities. And so the lights go up, and so we'll go look at lights. And ultimately, the lights are to point us back to Jesus, and he is the light of the world. And even the gift-giving, of course, the gift-giving is all about the great gift, the best gift ever given, John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so the greatest gift that's ever been given is Christ. We've got Jesus, and so that's why we give gifts and, and all of the celebration songs and all of the even gathering together with the family of God to be the people of God, to celebrate the newborn king, to celebrate Jesus, the, the, the incarnation of Christ. I mean, the, it, like it's, it's, a, it's a massive storyline. And yet, if I'm honest with you about myself, my temptation, and if it's mine, maybe it's yours too, is to do all the tatterings, all the celebrations and, and not be much with God. It's easy for me to go, hey, God, I'm a pastor. I got a, lot, I got a lot of planning to do. We've got three services. We got a train coming on Saturday. I, I, got, a, I got a lot to do with, with all of the Christmas Eve plans, church, outreach, offerings. We got a lot going. We got some kids coming up. So as a, as a pastor, that's easy for me to do. And I wonder if it might be true for you that even, even as absurd as it is, is it possible that in the season that's meant to be close, where we've got more on our plates, we've got more agenda, we've got more to do, we've got the shopping to do, but ultimately the shopping 
is to buy the gift to celebrate the greatest gift that's ever been given. The lights, the songs, even the meals. And could it be that it, at Christmas time, we end up with a lot of things about God, but not much with God. And so I was just meditating on the idea of this, this whole concept of being with him. And my dream for you is if you'll be with him, if you'll draw close, he has drawn close. The story of Christmas is that God has drawn near. The story of Christmas is that, that God, newborn king in a manger, has said, I will, I mean, I, I will I will downgrade. I, I mean, I'll enter into humanity, the, the fragility of being a baby. I mean, all the way so that I can enter into this relationship with mankind. And it's this relationship that I just wonder if, we've, if, we, if we undervalue. Like, I wonder if there's a moment that we'll look back and say, I, I, I wish that in the moments that I had, I would have drawn closer. And yet, if you'll be close to him, if you'll draw near to him, you could be in the worst crisis in your life and have the best Christmas of your life. You, 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 you could be heartbroken today about circumstance in what you're walking through. And yet in drawing close, God with us, and I'm going to be with God. You could have that friendship with God, be so close and experience his comfort. Experience not just the songs that we theoretically talk about, but actually be, have the tears in the eyes saying he really does bring supernatural comfort. He really does bring supernatural joy. He really has rearranged my life in such a way that the newborn king, Christ in me, walking with Jesus is the delight of my life. We did a series earlier this year um, and we called it homecoming. And we took a whole week uh, talking about the older brother in the narrative. And there's this moment in Luke 15 where the, the younger brother comes home and the older brother looks at the father and says, all these years I've slaved for you. And you never even once gave me a goat for me to have with my friends, to have a party with my friends. And here, this son of yours has been in with prostitutes and you kill the fatting calf. To which the father replies, my son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. I wonder if you and I tend to do older brother Christmases. I wonder if you and I tend to get, I do. That's why I'm talking about this. I, I tend to be like, I, 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 I gotta do so many more things at Christmas time. I have an abundance of tasks and activities and the, the busyness of, of Christmas or serving. I'm going to get a lot. I'm going to do a lot of stuff. I'll serve. I'll give. I'll set it all up for the family, tear it all down, make every single tradition happen. And if it's to the absence of being with him, the tragedy of the older brother is right there the whole time is relationship with the father. But because of this skewed relation, this skewed view of the father, he ends up in the father's house without the father. So he ends up, he ends up living in, in an activity, task, frustrated, bugged with his father. You can feel it. You can feel the angst. Here I am slaving. Here I am. And many of us get to the point where we're doing so many things for God, but we're not much with God. And we're not experiencing the delight 
and the joy of Emmanuel, God with us. And so this is an invitation to step into the privilege of what has been given by God. Here is the, the, the given invitation. You get to be close to God. That invitation treated casually or passively ends up so broken. But if you'll respond with reverence and gratitude, it is, it's actually not the highest of society that seem to be so grateful for Jesus. When we look at the story of Jesus, it's the broken, it's the weak that receive Christ the Lord, the newborn king, the savior. So my invitation to you is the weightiness of God with us. Like maybe, maybe Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. And Jesus, I mean, the baby grows up. The baby, Jesus, King, die on a cross, risen from the dead, invitation available. What would it look like in our lives if that was weighty? John Wesley, um, on his deathbed, March 2nd, 1791, his last words as he gathered with close friends around him, he said, farewell, friends. The best of all, though, is that God is with us. Imagine, last words. Farewell, friends. Here's what's best of all, though, is God with us. I think that um, if I choose the American narrative instead of the Christian narrative, then my American narrative would be, oh, I've got, best of all is, I've got some friends. Best of all was that I was warm and well-fed. Best of all is any narrative other than God, God with us. So this message today is not one of disappointment. It's one of delight, invitation. And I'm looking at my story and I'm wanting to respond and I wanna invite you to respond with me that we go into even this week, Christmas, we go into, we'll have our Christmas Eve services and then you'll have Christmas Day, and it is specific that we would draw close and get God, Emmanuel, God with us, his name. So they would have called him Jesus, but this would have described Emmanuel, who he is. This is God with us, and, and that we would count it a privilege to be much with him, and that the relationship that he invites us to would be one that we value, that we don't have the disappointment of one day saying, why did I undervalue the invitation to be much with God? The with God life is better than the leaving God out life. The, the with God life is the privilege of the ages. So I just looked at some of the places in the Old Testament where there's these statements about God with us. So look at how this is for Jacob. Genesis 28, 15. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So Jacob, here's the good news. I am with you. 
so it seems to be a, a common idea that because God is with us, that is what I delight in more than circumstantial change. For me and you, I think our tendency is to take for granted God with us and just say, I'll, I'll actually just take my circumstances changing. But, but my invitation today is real simple. It's to draw near to God. My, inv- my invitation is for all of us to say, no, if I'll be much with God, that's what brings transformation. Moses, Exodus 3, and God said, I will be with you. And for Moses to go say yes to the call of God on his life, that's the privilege. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. And when you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And here's the, here's the privilege. I'm with you. Joshua, Joshua 1.5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Life-changing. Gideon, Judges 6. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. We find Jesus in Matthew 18, 20. He says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Jesus at the end of Matthew, when he tells the disciples to go and do what he's been doing, he's been making disciples and then he sends them out and he uses the language of with teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you. I've got good news. I am with you always to the very end of time. Mark 3, when Jesus brings his disciples, he appointed 12 that they might be with him. And then he might send them out to preach. Jesus said in John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love him and he will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus prays in John 17, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Acts 4.13, you see the transformation of the disciples. And then it says, and when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They've been with him. So, I think it's easy for us to know what Jesus did, but not what he's currently doing in me. I think it's easy for me to always be grateful. And I am. We're always grateful. We always hold the gratitude for what Christ did and that Christ came. And at this Christmas, I wanted to invite you to make it present tense and I'm with him, God with us. I'm with God now. And so Emmanuel, forever grateful. And, and we always point back and we look at the life that Jesus lived and we look at the way that Jesus set an example for us and we look at the way that the disciples got to live with Jesus and we're forever grateful for the cross and we're forever grateful for the resurrection and we, we, we long for, we, we look to the day that he returns and we have the present. 
And so, oh, the tragedy, if in the midst of the present where it's our privilege and our opportunity to be with him, if we are much too busy. And we just kind of wink. My tendency, oh God, I got 21 days of prayer coming in January. See you in January. Hey God, we're going to do some prayer and fasting. But right now, can we just hold off? And it only increases the turmoil of the heart. Invitation. Make this. Make this, make this the Christmas that you decide. On Monday, I'm going to be with him. And I don't know what that looks like. On Tuesday, I'm going to be with him. And, and, and that could look like trying to just talk to him throughout the day. That, that, that could be time and place. That could be choosing to draw near and forgive the one that you have decided, I will always hold that grudge. But if you will choose that this will be my best Christmas devotionally or spiritually or relationally, choose the word. It will be your best Christmas, even if you're in the midst of a circumstance that feels like a disaster. It will be the best you could look at all of these different people that I just went through and the delight for them was God here with me. Moses talked that way. He, he in Exodus 33, he, he goes, I don't want to, I don't want to go into the promised land without the presence. I, I, I don't, I, I don't even know if your presence doesn't go with me. I don't want to go. So here he been leading people with the dream of our own place, our own land, milk and honey. Come on, the good stuff. And yet the closeness of God with us, God leads us fire by night, pillar of cloud by day. God takes care of us. That present tense day by day with God. That's what he... That's what he, that became the ache. That became the desire. That became to where he actually said, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have that than even the milk and honey or the land. I just, I just want, I want your presence. So maybe we become the people that say, I'd rather have that than the mistletoe and the tree and the eggnog and the songs and that all the and even the joy, even the joy of great relationship. And I'm, I'm for it. Listen, I love it. I, I, you know, I, for me, this, like Christmas Eve is so fun. Christmas with my family, Christmas with you. I, I love all the nostalgic things. I'm, I love it. And yet, my dream for us on this day is that we would get this ache inside us that says, but I want the, the blesser more than the blessing. I want, the, I want to be close. I want your presence. And that you would, that you would actually make kind of a plan. That you would, that you would be intentional. Say, what would, it, what would it look like for me to be close to God? He's at work. He's with us. We need God, not just in a theoretical way in the past or just kind of a dreamy way in the future, but forever grateful forever looking back and building on 
what he's done for us, forever longing for a future to be with him and a present tense longing to be with him right now. And I wanna invite you to ask God to increase that ache inside of your heart so that that ache is, is right now, is this Christmas, is this week. When we look, when I look at my own life without God, I'm anxious, but with God, I'm comforted. So here's Jesus, he's with the disciples, and he says to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The temptation is to always live with anxiety, to have the troubled heart. And when we look at the disciples when they're with Jesus, it's, it's Jesus with them, and they go, because I'm with, with Christ, with Christ with me, he's, he, he takes me to this place of comfort, and I think many of us, when we look at the way that the world is, when we look at all the challenges in our lives, apart from Christ, you live a life without Christ and you too will have anxiety. But with him, I mean close. The truths of the word of God, the, the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And you're close with God and you become a different person even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So I'm walking through circumstantially a difficult Christmas. So I'm walking through this season and there's the valley. But I will not fear, for you are with me. God, with me. So you haven't guaranteed that I won't go through valleys, but you have guaranteed that I won't be alone. So my secret to overcoming is not that circumstances necessarily change, but I have your presence and I'm with you. So there'll be a lot of things that you won't have answers for, but you have the presence of God. And maybe one day you'll look back and say, God was at work through the valley. Maybe in eternity, you'll be able to see some answers, but in the present, here's what you cling to, God with us in the valley, in the difficulty, in the heartache, in the pain. With God, I'm healed. Without God, I'm just angry. Without God, I'm hurt. You know, if you do, if you do life without God instead of with God, so he's given you this invitation to do life. He says, let's go. Follow me. Let's go. And, and when I tend to leave God out, then I'm not just anxious but I'm, I'm, I'm always hurt. I'm always mad at somebody. I'm always wounded. Somebody's always hurt me. But when I'm doing life, I mean, I picture the disciples and not only did they have Jesus counsel them in John 14 and says, you know, don't, don't pay anxious about anything. I got you. Don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. But I was just thinking about the moment where they get to see Jesus setting an example on a cross, looks down at people that had just crucified him and says, Father, forgive them. And we know that John was at the foot of the cross, so I'm just picturing John, the disciple, marveling. What? How? And here's Jesus, our example, our Savior, our Lord, and in the midst of people in unbelievable ways, betraying him, hurting him, whipping him, beating him, and going to a cross. And yet the response is forgiveness. 
So you wanna have a Christmas like none you've ever had before? Be much with God. Watch your anxiety decrease. Watch your ability to not live with that anger, that hate decrease as you're able to just be light and be, Father, forgive them. So the people that have hurt you, the family that wounded you, the friends that ignore you, the loneliness that you tend to feel, the hurt that you tend to always allow to be the primary narrative of your life transitions out and the narrative becomes Christ in me, the hope of glory, God with us, Christ with me, the indwelling present tense, walking the with God life is better than the without God life. The with God life is transformative. The with God life is my delight. So I might be hurt. I might be attacked. I might have somebody say this about me online. I might have this person verbally hurt me. I might be rejected by my children. I might be rejected by my parents. I might have siblings that mock me. Whatever your story is. But my life isn't defined by my circumstance. If If I'm Moses, I got... I got the, the, the with God life. And I'm like, mm, I'd rather be in the wilderness with God. If, I, if, I, if I'm one of these great leaders for God, Gideon, hey, God is with you. Oh, I don't feel it. But here's the good news. God is with you. So now I've got courage, even though I don't feel like a courageous person. That's... That's the privilege, the with God life. The God who is with us. It's, 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 more than a, it's more than a card. It's the story of our lives. It's, it's transformative. It changes how we live. Without God, I'm afraid. But with God, I'm courageous. I was just meditating this week on the... Um, remember that story where... where where they come to arrest Jesus and Peter draws out the sword. I was thinking about some of the dynamics in Peter. Surely there's fear. Here's the moment they're about to arrest Jesus and they come and Peter pulls out the sword and he's gonna attack. He's gonna, and I, and, and I feel like that's the place where I feel like um, I tend to live in this culture and maybe you do too. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid about where this is going. I'm afraid about the future. Why, why are so many things so broken? And, and, and I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and, and suddenly for Peter, you've got Romans coming at him. I mean, soldiers, swords. And so the response is, I just got to fight. And yet Jesus, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, no, 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 put your sword away. And you have this, peace in Jesus. This, this whole different way of looking at the situation. And I just think that if you're the disciples, you have that experience over and over again, where Jesus has peace when you're just filled with anxiety, ready to fight, mad, scared. There's over and over again, these moments where Jesus, because the disciples are with him, they see a different angle. Hey, the children, they're the, they're the least value. But Jesus says, oh, hold on. Let the children come unto me. The, the, the poor, the least. Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. Let's give honor and dignity. We've got to fight for ourselves. Oh, no, no, no. Put your sword away. 
And the disciples who were with Jesus had the privilege of seeing God incarnate respond differently than how they would most naturally respond. So now you and I, we have got God at work inside of us, Emmanuel, God with us. And I want to invite you and myself. And here's this. Can I today? I'm just I'm preaching my quiet time because because this is me. This is me. My tendency is to have the older brother Christmas baby. We got a lot to do. I got a lot of work. I got a lot. I got a lot going on. And I'm just thinking if that's me, if that's my story. I I I just I can't imagine. Just I put myself in the parable and have the moment to have the father say to me. Hey, hey, I've always been right here. Engage. I've always been right here. You don't have to live in the house distant from the Father. You can live in the house and know me and be with me. And I want to invite you to have a, a Christmas. And I, no promises that your circumstance gets better. Maybe. Sometimes God leans over the balcony of heaven, does a miracle, and wow. And sometimes you go through it. Sometimes you go through the valley of the shadow of death. But here's why I'm okay. It's because he's with me. So, so just to elevate the with God life. Because he has elevated. He has dignified. He has put, he has put value upon the relationship with you. I was thinking about, kind of a silly way to say it, but... Um, in our culture, we would never intentionally downgrade ourselves. Everything's an upgrade. When you travel, man, we will fight. We will claw. I mean, give me that upgrade. And, and to, have, to voluntarily downgrade, to voluntarily go give others more and me take less seems crazy. And yet that's the story of Christmas. It's Jesus who has decided to become a man. And I just love the way Paul says it, though he was rich. Yet for our sakes, he became poor. He became a man. So that in his poverty, a baby lying in a manger, we might become rich. What does that mean, rich? It's rich in relationship. It's my life is never the same. It's no, this is not just to check the box, go to Sunday school, do the church thing for the culture. No, this is the privilege of my life. The privilege of my life is to be with God for eternity and right now, baby. Right now. I want to do some Christmas. I want to do some life. Uh, So so my tradition is is more than eggnog and songs. My my tradition is more than going and looking at the lights. All those things point to the privilege of the with God life. And we've created a category in, in, in American culture, and it's the, uh, it's the casual category. Casual with God. But if you look at the incarnation, people never responded to Jesus casually. Some were terrified, and they ran away. Wow, no. Some hated him and screamed, crucify him. Some fell to their knees and worshiped or left their nets and followed him and said, you are who you say you are. But nobody said, I'll think about it. 
I'll have a casual approach. You, you can't, Jesus, I mean, present tense on the planet, that response is not, was not available. It's not a casual, ah. Uh, no, uh, the face-to-face moment with Christ necessitates a response that is either, you know, C.S. Lewis, I think it was C.S. Lewis says either Lord, lunatic, or liar. But you gotta face who he really is. So the response in us at Christmas is, is, is not, it, it can't be casual, business as usual. It's, wow, Christ, Lord of all. Christ, glory to the newborn king. King? That's, that's a, that, means, that means he has total authority. Yeah, total control. Yeah, Wor- worthy of worship. Yeah, Jesus. So here's my prayer for us at Christmas. That this week, here's my prayer, that you really would have the best Christmas of your life. And you might be in the worst financial place in your entire life. And you might be in the most most relational disaster in your entire life. And you might be the most frustrated with all all the way of the world right now. Yet in the midst of the chaos, the hurt, the pain, the disorder, you could have. There is one who has already drawn near to you. There is one who has already decided the word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So he's, he's already, he's already clawed through and become baby in a manger. He's already lived a perfect life that you could never live, that I could never live. He's gone to a cross in our place for our sin. Died as our substitute that we might have a relationship with God forever and ever. It's the privilege of our lives. It's a bigger privilege than wealth. It's a bigger privilege than fame. It's a bigger privilege than, than, than comfort. I just love oh for us to have at the end of our lives. And now this, friends, this family, this, here's the privilege. That's God with us. I, I, get, to, I, I, get, I, get, I get life with God in eternity, and I get life with God right here, right now. So our action step this week is not an action step. I wanna invite you to do nothing. I wanna invite you to take 60 seconds to just be with God. Ready? Go.
If you've never invited Jesus to be king of your life, I want to invite you right from your seat or wherever you are online right now. The best decision that you could ever make is to just give Jesus your yes. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my Lord. I'll follow you. If you want to do that, I'd like you to just pray this prayer right wherever you're at. And this is your first step in your journey of following Jesus. Jesus, take me, save me, change me. I give you everything. Thank you for dying in my place for my sin. I want relationship with you now and forever. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me? I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward. If you prayed that prayer today, we as a church are committed to going on the journey with you. The way that we say it around here is we want to be radiant disciples of Jesus. And we'd love to help you take a step as a follower of Jesus. Let's take a moment, pray of our offering. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the generosity of Radiant Church and that we're stepping into more ability to help the hurting, touch the next generation, and reach the unreached than ever before. And I am so grateful for this house. What a joy and a privilege to be disciples of Jesus right now in 2022. And Jesus, we ask, Lord, that this week we would be people that encounter the presence of God. We pray that we would be people that would be much with you. God, take what we give. We give cheerfully. We give gladly. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name.